When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now for something special. The unit is self-contained with its own saddler, farrier, wheelwright, and so on. It's a rigorous training dished on who know all there is to know about horses, and it brings results. We take you behind the scenes now to show just some of the interesting aspects of this training. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein, the number one podcast to create sound of horses from the ground up. Mike Stein is a registered journeyman farrier with an APF1 accreditation. On this week's show, Talking Terminology, we're going to talk about the articulation of the science of anatomy. Also, how straightness of a limb affects the hoof. And we'll discuss DSLD case that Mike had to look at on a horse named David. And all this and much, much more will be discussed here on Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. And over to my far hand side is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good, Travis. How are you? I'm doing good. I think my, my coffee buzz is kicking in because my, my tongue talking slower than my brain is mm, i hate when that happens <laughs> yes i've got some good news and well bad news or good news if you look at it this week right the good news is mike yes nothing has happened on the property of any sort nothing fancies happen there's no nothing happened with the horses nothing happened outside with diego nothing happened in here with with dominique it's been a very very quiet week the calm before the storm and the bad news is it is the calm before the storm so i'm waiting now for that oh my god we got to do this and now we got to go back over here and do this and something happened over here and bring out the you know you, but you wish for the best a calm have, day a have, calm week go ahead if you started getting a little bit of money put back this week i think we put back uh at least 57 dollars. okay if you start putting money back something's gonna happen <laughs> i know you gotta go ahead and plan for a rainy That's day right now something we have done here uh, recently is the front pasture here on our property right we, we closed it off I, I took the uh the haro drag and, and spread out all the horse poop right spread it all out and then we've had a couple days of rain and i did this about three weeks ago and now the grass is starting to come in and everything's you know we're getting into ponsatani phil said uh you know early spring this year so we're starting to see the results of that we're getting rain a little bit more frequently here you and phil talk personally or (laughs) well we email each other oh okay gotcha (laughs) and so uh the grass is starting to come in and in pasture two and pasture three that we have out there that's where the horse has been staying to kind of give this pasture up here a break now that the horses are coming up and amy was even saying you know Dominique, I was running my hand down her back. She's starting to feel what riders or owners call little ribby. You know, a little ribby, he's not getting enough or she's not getting enough hay because we have to supplement the grass that they're not eating with hay. Right. Um, so now that we're bringing the horse up on the front, I worry about that influx of weight now coming back on the horse. Should I should I worry or anything right now with the, with this new grass coming in here slowly in the Carolinas? It's one of those things that needs to be monitored. And when you talk about her getting ribby, older horses, they're a little out of shape the weight hangs down and sometimes they will feel a little ribby because of lack of muscle tone up top i know my dad's 78 and he's like he's skin and bones by his shoulders but he's got that little little <laughs> grandpa duke belly down below right, yeah <laughs> so kind of the same effect yeah so mike anything exciting happened to you this past week i got a piece of wood sent to me <laughs> the whole piece of wood the whole piece of wood did the person like you that sent you the piece of wood i think so you hope so right did yeah they, did 
they engrave anything on this piece of wood? They did. Well, do you want to show us what you got this week, or you want to wait till later on in the show? We can do that. I would like to do it right now, because I am very proud of you, Mike. You are? I am. Yes, but you don't have much of a life. <laughs> I, got, I got you, the show, and the horses outside. Yeah. So what do you got there? I've got a piece of wood. All right, so... With a little piece of metal stuck on it. So Mike has... He has gotten the Achievement Award presented to Mike Stein, RJFAFP1, for top 10 most IAPF continuing education credits in 2023 as a clinician presented on January 24th, 2024 from the IAPF, which is the International Associates of Professional Farriers. So I'm going to hold this up with That's the camera. Right. And a lot of what put me in that position was because of us doing this program. Is it really? It certainly is. So technically, this is my award, too? That's your award. Yes, it is. <laughs> Okay, so we can scratch Travis on there if you want to. And don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have a matching video over on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe over there. We've got uh, we've been putting up little short bits, little bite-sized pieces, and also private shows. So if you're a subscriber over at YouTube, you can catch those private shows, which is just a little bit more uh, the stuff that hits the cutting room floor that we find that's valuable information that just doesn't make it into the normal podcast broadcasting as well. So make sure you check that out over at YouTube as well. So there you go, Mike. Look at that. There it is. Where are you going to hang that? Right next to the toilet? Uh, I'm kidding. No, no, I'm I'm very proud of you. I've, and, got and, a, I've got a few pieces of wood like that, and we still got to scratch your name on there. You got a piece of I got some sharp. I got some blue painters tape. I can put some uh, put my name on there somewhere. Okay, but is it is it really because of the show? Because you do get credits. A lot of people don't a know. Lot of it, a lot of it is because of the, of the show and the program. And yes, yeah, and, and a lot of people don't know that this show right here actually qualifies for continuing the education right for towards your IAPF accreditation over there. And I do I do a good bit of further ed every year. You know that. Yeah. And also have apprentices that are mentoring with me or I am mentoring them or somebody's mentoring somebody. If someone was interested right now and say, hey, you know, I'd like to be part of that if they're a farrier. And it's not, it's open to everybody. Right. It's open to anyone, uh, uh, owners, trainers, if you just want to learn a little bit more about it's your the horses. International Association of Professional Farriers. And it's worldwide. It is worldwide. Uh, it was the group that supplied farriers for the 2018 games, and we've supplied farriers for a number of other, other things. And if you look at a lot, you go down to Florida and see a lot of these upper end competition horses down there, start looking around at who's working on them. Is it professionalfarriers.com? There is a professionalfarriers.com where you can look up for finding Barriers in it, your area. Is it part of this as well? It's part of this okay. as well. Yes. So if you want a little bit more information, go to professionalfarriers.com where you can look up professional farriers in your area look and up. also get a little bit more information if you want to either be a professional farrier or just want to learn about farriers in general and have that little uh, nugget of information in your back pocket uh, when dealing with horses. For yeah. sure. Okay. International Association of Professional Farriers. There you go. Well, congratulations, Mike. Big round of applause for Mike over there uh, for, for achieving. You're kind of like that little monkey that does <laughs> clapping yeah. symbols. I know. All right, guys, stick around. we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk terminology, and we're going to talk about how straightness of the limb affects the hoof. So stick around. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. Hey, this is Travis from Equine Dynamics. Join Tammy Crawford, founder of Color Me Love, a sanctuary and shelter born from a journey through childhood trauma and the healing powers of love, faith, and community. ColorMeLove.com 
helps children who have been through so much in such a short length of time to embrace, create, and heal. Some of the programs at ColorMeLove.com include artistic expression through painting, therapeutic horseback riding, professional counseling session, peer support, and community building. At Color Me Love, every child deserves a place to feel safe, understood, and valued. They don't just offer shelter, they provide a space where creativity meets therapy. Every activity that's provided is a step towards healing. So join Tammy and find out more information over at ColorMeLove.com. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. If you have a question for Mike Stein, the way you get those questions in is go to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page says contact us. Fill out that little form. There's a little drop-down menu. Uh, One of them is podcast. Ask them a question in there. If you just want to say anything, congratulations, whatever, you can do that over on the YouTube page. Uh, But if you have a question for Mike Stein, get those questions in over at equinedynamics.com and put a return address, a physical mailing address, uh, because what we'll do is we'll send you out some magnets, some stickers, some little prize packs for you being a part of the show and for us just saying thank you. It's not an email grab. We're not going to show up on your doorstep or anything like that. Believe me. That's that's what we're telling them. Right. Uh, We just want to send you guys out a little bit of a swag from the show and over to my far hand side our very own swag himself that is mike stein how are you i'm doing okay travis how are you doing all right now we're going to talk terminology we've been doing this for a while now and a lot of success has come out of this and i've had people actually stop me in the barn you know because i go to uh, the barn with amy sometimes and people will say hey you know talking terminology that really helps me out because a lot of times your vet will say something to you or your farrier will say something to you or just people in passing you're defining these words to where they're being used correctly I've gotten a a lot of good feedback on that. So this week, we're going to talk about articulations in the science of anatomy. So tell us what we're actually defining there as far as articulation when when it talks about the science of the anatomy of a horse. So articulation refers to the joining of the bones and joints. Different joints have different types of articulation, with some moving in a rotating freely, while other joints or articulations are almost fixed in place with very, very little movement. So what do we mean and what are we looking for when we're, we're talking about articulation? Articulation of a the well, anatomy of a horse. Articulation surfaces the cartilage surface on the end of the joint, depending on how the joint is built, like a, a ball joint. Like my shoulder. Can go in multiple directions. Most of the joints down the lower leg are limited in the direction they can bend. And they might have a little bit of side to side play, but not that much. You think about a horse moving it say 35 miles an hour galloping if you have a lot of side to side movement you could have a real problem the shoulder as far as turn in turn out is where you can get some play you can get some play in the elbow joint and in the shoulder itself as far as rotate in rotate out on the front limb i always think about it like that your tie rod ends on your vehicle exactly or your ball joints yeah and, yes. and your ball joints on the tires that's the way that's the only way if to if, articulate is articulate to be able to bend to, to flex so what are the most common things as far as why would a quote-unquote ball joint get out of whack common signs as far as when you when you look at a horse's foot can right. you can you tell if there's articulation problems up further up the leg you know your horse that are towed in horse that are towed out you will have some odd compression problems in the foot balance problems direction flares want to go because of 
the way the leg is turned in or turned out and that comes out of the shoulder if the elbows are out the toes are turned in if the elbows are in the toes are turned out and of course your breakover is pretty well dictated with the alignment of where the knee knee wants to flex so you technically can tell by looking at the bottom of a horse's foot you know when you flip that foot up you're like going, okay well this is a little worn on this side let's look at the rest of the horse and and ask that question why you know why is well, it yeah, doing look this? at the rest of the horse before you look down Okay, so you start at the top and work your way down. Sure, I do, because that's where most of your horse is. Now, if you're looking at it and you're talking about the toe in and toe out with the articulation, if the horse is starting to get bad articulation as far as the rotation and stuff, is that something that you can fix with shoeing, or is it something you're like, okay, this is the way the horse is now. Let's see if we can prevent it from going any further into bad lands, or can we bring it back into a good a good field of, well, of well, operation. Always, we, we always want to keep it from going further into bad lands. Right. You know, uneven joint wear down the road can cause cause some issues with joints. Yeah, you know, then you can get some arthritis. We don't want inflammation in the joint. That's what the itis is, right? That's what my dad's dealing with right now. He can barely walk up and down the steps. He's got bad arthritis in his yeah. knees. Yeah, you know, with what we do on the ground, we want to keep the alignment with the joints as best we can minimize damage to the joint so that we can have a longer working career of the horse and the the best program to actually have is to make sure the horse is being looked at on a regular basis don't go three or four years you know let's say you have a horse that's a baby and you say you know within the first couple weeks you're already looking at that horse to see what the legs are doing Uh, and then just don't let the horse go three or four years and then all of a sudden you know you've got this articulation problem which you could have handled or, or caught you know, in year one. Right. That's one of those deals like with a high low foot, clubby feet. We have a time window we can work within of the coffin joint. That is your first joint to start closing. Then other joints up the leg, you work all the way up to the shoulder over a period of time. And there are charts out there that will show you at six months, at nine months, at 12 months, what you can and cannot do. Now, on the other end, if you got one of the higher up joints, you start to align it too early. Well, you can cause some, some problems or a certain time windows for each joint you have to work within. And too many times... Well, we'll throw it out in the field. We'll look at it at two or three years old, and we'll see if we can do something then. Maybe it'll heal itself. Maybe it will heal itself. Some of them do. Some of them getting those babies out moving around will give them time to stretch tendons and ligaments out, right? But on the other end, you know, I've had people come to me, well, you know, we caught them up at five years old. Can you fix that high-low foot? It's management at that point. Because those joints have already closed. That opportunity has already closed. And you've got your tendon ligaments have formed the way they formed, and there you go. I don't know if you have the answer to this question, but have you seen this bad articulation in, like, the the, the wild horses in Colorado? You know, you, you were talking about who's the gentleman that was out there looking at them? Gene, overnight. And you, like I said, you might not know the, the answer to this question, but I mean, do you, would you see bad articulation in those wild horses as to your domesticated horses that are here now? You would think that most of those horses with really bad articulation in the wild wouldn't make it, and it does challenge them a lot. But if you go back and look at the old horse Pegasus with the major I was just thinking about problems, I was just thinking about Pegasus, and she was the one that was galloping at 50 miles an hour. Right, and look at those legs and look at those hoof alignment, and we got this picture of the perfect wild horse horse even you look at sally and sally's your horse sally i've been around sally since he was a year and a half two years old roughly in there well if you look at sally's feet the way they grow he has always had four hind feet (laughs) i mean basically yeah i mean as far as the shape of the foot he's got the diamond shaped foot on the front he came in like that he will go to his grave like that. If you're not familiar with the horse named Pegasus, check out that one, and you can see actually what Mike's talking about. And Pegasus's feet actually 
turn up like uh they wing out to the, as the side that flared like we normally see the toe of a founder horse but his is more out to the side because he walks on the inside of the foot for, he was uh, an odd looking character God, but he, was, he figured out how to make it work right there you go all right guys stick around when we come back we're going to dive into the how straightness of a limb affects the hoof uh an article by deb bennett so stick around you're listening to equine dynamics with mike stein he'll be right back she ran Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. Don't forget to follow him over on Facebook as well. And that's Equine Dynamics Mike Stein. You can see a whole bunch of different uh, videos and stuff. If you miss it on the YouTube channel, uh, Mike posts uh, videos over on his Facebook page as well. All the little bite-sized pieces, little snippets, little shorts. You can find those over on his Facebook page as well. And also, all bunch of different articles Mike comes across that he finds interesting to himself and to his listeners or to the public and his fan base over there on Equine Dynamics on Facebook. So make sure you subscribe to him over there as well and over to my far hand side is mike sign how are you i'm doing good travis how are you doing well now speaking of articles that you found and you post over on your facebook page you came across this article by deb bennett phd and it's from the american farriers journal magazine and the article talks about how the straightness of a limb affects the hoof tell us why this article was written and all the details as far as uh, what they discover and find out how does the straightness of the limb affect the hoof? When you say straightness of a hoof, you have a bird's leg and it, it kicks backwards. Are you talking about the straightness up and down or are you talking about the straightness from left to right, the toe in and toe out? Yes. So you're talking about both aspects of the horse's leg. You know, I always get this idea and I was taught with, uh, nowadays you got the lasers, but we had, uh, well, something tied on the end of the string to make it like a plumb bob. This yeah. is straight, this isn't. Problem is, is where are you when you drop that string? Are you seriously in front of the leg or not? And I've sat there and watched people look at horses. Horses' legs are not 100% straight. If you're not quite in front of the leg, oh, this leg's crooked. Well, where are you looking at it from? The leg's not dead straight anyway, especially the hind leg. Looking at front legs, toed in, toed out, you've got the joints reformed the way they form. Where we have some chance of doing something with it is out of the shoulder. And development of how the horse is moving, what muscles are stretched, what muscles are developed, what ligaments are are shortened or not the shoulder itself the scapula is not attached like ours we don't have a ball socket with the scapula behind it it does have a bit of a bit of a ball joint in there but it's not attached to the rib cage and there is a little bit of movement in the ball joint medial or turn in turn out not nearly as much as ours most of the legs you know the joints down the leg are pretty much fixed to go in one direction so the development of the shoulder and when you're looking at a shoulder and what's driving a lot of the forces going on with the foot, there's a lot more that goes out of the shoulder than you would think. I mean, you look at elbows turned in, elbows turned out. If the elbows are turned into the rib cage, toes are out. If they're turned out, toes are turned in. And, you know, my horse is not dead even. Is one side turned in or turned out more than the other? If you look at the shoulder joint itself, has it pitched forward and down and that radius is flattened out? And that changed the whole dynamics of what's going on, your flexor muscles and the ulna kicking up and all this in the back of the leg and how tight the tension is, your deep flexor, and that makes a difference in your high-low horses. So that has to be, when you're working on a horse, as far as a farrier, you need to take a look at the whys of it and start understanding what's going on on the ground. And can we do something with, as Jack Miller used to say, we can provide support, we can reduce leverage. 
And that's about all a fairy can do is the understanding of what the whys and wheres to do it. Too much support can become leverage against the foot itself and cause too much compression. Relieving too much leverage at a point sometimes can cause a horse some other problems, not too, too unstable. Now, what's more likely to be out of alignment, the front end or the back end? Like when yes. you talk about straightness. Yes. Both. So yes. They're, yes. they're both... They're, but... 100 cases this side, 100 cases this side. Here, here's the problem you run into. When you go back and you look at the driving horse demo that Laverne Mass did at the summit and what they were doing as far as getting extension on a horse, they got more extension out of the horse out of what they did prepping the back end of the horse than they did the front, and they were, they were trotting horses out and measuring it. And hopefully we can get them on here at some point. The problem is people can kind of understand how that front leg works because it kind of bends like ours mm-hmm. okay the hind leg of the horse works like a chicken leg and people just don't understand how that chicken leg works and as riders we're sitting on the front of the horse we're looking at the front of the horse the front of the horses in front of our hands we tend to focus on the front and not the back so much in most cases oh we need to put front shoes on a horse because because and that's not always the best thing for the situation there so what was uh, Dr. Debbie Bennett saying in this article? If, uh, a little snap piece of what she actually was talking about. What did she find out? You know, the alignment of the leg is creating problems in the hoof. If we've got, you know, toed into foot, they're going to compress on that outside walls. The whole hoof on the end of the leg is going to twist. As a farrier, you're constantly chasing it back. Some people say, oh, you don't want to change it. But if you don't do something with it over time, then those lower joints, you start binding as far as you're trying to flex them to the outside and they're not meant to do that and if you keep doing that long enough you're going to create some compression on the medial side of the joint and vice versa with a horse that's towed out too much if you keep creating compression on the medial side of the joint guess what you get to start seeing arthur as the horse gets older right you yep. know arthur yeah we my had discussion d- about arthur my dad knows arthur right a little too well. And we don't want to get in that situation. And most any competitive horse with the mage on it, if you start looking, they have some arthritic changes. It's just just as we do. No farriers do, but, you know, right. the rest of the world does. <laughs> That's why I was going to bring up that, you know, you take 100 kids. I know I keep using this analogy. You take 100 kids, human kids. Human kids. doesn't matter where they're from, just human kids. At one years old, and you take 100 horses. Out of those 100 horses, 38% of them are going to have leg problems. Out of the 100 kids that you have, maybe point. Three percent of them will have a leg problem or some kind of you know abnormality or something like that, which is weird. I, I don't know. Just you know, you think of animals that have four legs that are you know been around a lot longer than we have, maybe, and uh, you would think that over time they would fix these things. Just in the evolution of of horses, you know, getting better as to humans, right? You think let, we would be the ones that would have the bad? Okay, let me ask you something. Okay, here we go. You take those hundred kids. Got them. Come here, kids. All of them. Line them up. I don't wanna. Right. Stop it. <laughs> We're asking a horse to jump, to run, to excel at that. How many of these hundred kids are being pushed to we need to excel as a sprinter or we need to excel as a long jumper or we need to sell excel as that? And if all kids had to work in that realm, how many would end up having leg problems? Probably yeah, I understand exactly now. The ratio would be a little bit higher. Would be probably a good bit higher. But but technically you don't have kids. You know, kids don't physically I mean they monkey bars, swings, playground, recess, right. all that stuff. But I mean they don't start them in any kind of like collective sporting events until they're like six, seven, eight years old. Right. When some of those again, like those joints have healed up the leg. Mm. Uh, and you know even parents 
at that time still don't want their kids running around at six and years old. it's the same thing now horses develop at a much different pace than than a human child and you need to wait till the joints are formed well enough to take the stress we're put on them and some of these deals where we're looking at this, oh, it's got to go in the two-year-old maturity, and it's got to go out at two years old, and it's got to win, and it's got to, which means at what point are you starting the horse to work if it's got to walk out there and win at two years old? Yeah. Some groups have gone to three years old, but still, at what point are we pushing them too hard, too young? So what else did Dr. Debbie Bennett say about the, the article in the latest edition of the American Farriers Journal about the, how the straightness of the limb affects the hoof? A lot of it is, and, and we know it's farriers. You take a quick look. Why is the foot running in the wrong direction? A lot of that's driven out of, out of what's going on with the leg. What's going on with the leg is driven by so many different things. The rider, the way the rider sits, the way the horse has developed, the way the horse has been trained, and guess what? Throw a saddle up there and change it yet again. Throw a you know 150 to 250 pound rider up there too. Me being so, a 250 pound rider, <laughs> you don't ride. Well, if I was, it's if like having a, it's like having a, a front end lineman <laughs> ride on a horse. I would have to get one of those uh, A frames, put a hook in the back like they loaded the <laughs> arm knights up, right? Yeah, <laughs> bring them down. Call Seacrest Crane Company in. <laughs> All right, guys, stick around. When we come back, we're going to talk about a horse named David that Mike had to go out there and uh, recently evaluate. And this horse had DSLD, and we'll dive into what that means too as well. So stick around. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. Welcome to Color Me Love, where every hue of a child's story matters. Our mission, to heal young hearts through the power of love, art, and nature. Here, in this sanctuary of hope and healing, children who have experienced trauma find a new canvas to express, create, and start anew. Through painting, horseback riding, swimming, and the embrace of the great outdoors, we weave a tapestry of care, building resilience, and trust. Our space is more than a shelter. It's a community where every emotion is respected, every child is cherished, and healing journeys are embraced with empathetic hearts. At Color Me Love, we guide each child to rediscover their strength, to color their dreams with hope, and to feel the love in every brushstroke of life. Join us in this vital mission. Your support can paint a world of difference for these children, offering them a chance to heal, grow, and embrace their vibrant stories. Donate today and be a part of their journey to a brighter tomorrow. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. If you'd like Mike Stein to perform a clinic out at your location or your event, whatever you got coming up here, the way you do that is go to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page says clinics. Fill out that little form there. Michael pencil you in and tell you the latest date he's got open. And if you'd like the Equine Dynamics podcast to perform at your location, your business, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, uh, just any kind of family gathering or at your barn, if you've got a training facility or anything like that, we can perform uh, this show just as you hear it right here on the air. We can perform this out at your location as well. Same form, just fill that out and we'll get you on there and we'll bring out all our stuff, our cameras and all the sound equipment and 
stuff, and Mike and myself will sit down and talk horses with you and your friends and family as well. Over my far right-hand side is our very own friend and family. Far-hand right side. Is Mike Stein. How are you? Yes, doing okay. All right, so now we are going to discuss a horse named David that has DSLD. Now, first of all, before we get started, what does DSLD stand for? Well, what is happening is the suspensory ligament is breaking down. Is that the L in the... Yes. All right, so DSLD is actually the degenerative suspensory ligament. I knew the L was in there. Disease. And you just call it for short uh, DSLD. So tell us... DSLD. So tell us what David had going on. And we have some pictures here. So if you're not watching this over on YouTube, now's a great chance to go over there and subscribe as well so you can get all the latest updates and stuff from the video portion of the Equine Dynamics podcast show. And we're going to show these pictures uh, as soon as... Do you want me to share the pictures now, David? That's up to you. That's well, up to I mean, you know, I can do whatever yeah, you want. The suspensory ligament is losing strength so here and we go. dropping. And because of that, so, if you see these horses in the hind end, and this horse is not collapsed completely you know the back of the fetlock is puffed up so if you're watching this here on the video here the horse's hoof is completely flat down right you've got the coffin bone you've got the pasture long pasture and short pasture so this is the short pasture right the short pasture is about halfway in the hoof capsule the long pasture starts just above that all right so this right here this section right here is almost and i know this is a picture it's almost at a i'm gonna say almost a 45 degree angle coming off of that hoof right and that's not good. Well, no, because what's happening is, you know how the alignment goes when you start rotating on a laminitic horse? Mm-hmm. Okay, in this situation, the alignment of the cough bone may actually go a little lower, but then the pasturing is dropping back, so you still get that broken back hoof pasturing axis, but it's not because of the cough bone rotating. It's because the pasturing is falling backwards. At that point, you're affecting your the pressure on your flexor tendons. Because of it falling backwards... The, you know, the, the hock straightens out, the stifle straighten out, so the horse is uncomfortable and the hocks and stifles. So here's another angle of that same, is this the same foot? I'm That's the same foot, yeah. All right, so. And you see the, the pasture itself is uh, kind of puffy. You always, always got to wonder with these horses, and there is some stress up there in the front of the <laughs> hoof capsule. Some of them will be responsive to pressure there if you palpate it. But you got to wonder with some of these horses, if they're ridden and the back's never lifted, and I'm just going to throw this scenario out there. Okay. And you got a saddle that's biting them, and you got a rider that cannot lift them. And we're flopping along. Every time you bounce on it, you're pushing the pasturing out the back, right? Yes. Excuse me. The pelvis. No, the I, meant, pelvis. I, meant, I meant to say no. That's what I meant to say. say. No. As I stumble through stuff, you push the pelvis out the back, and then that straightens out the bone column on the back leg. You know, it straightens out your stifle. It straightens out your hock. And then you get more down pressure on your pasterns. If this horse had been rounded up its whole life, which truthfully it probably was not, it was a trail ride horse, would that have made a difference in the in this horse at an older age? Probably so. At this point, to get the horse under and up is probably not going to happen. And at this point, this is not a ridden horse. But at this point, we're trying to keep this horse as comfortable as we can. So that's what I was asked to take a look. If you raise the hoof angle on a horse like this, you can actually collapse you know, the pasture, because that distance between your extensor process and your sesamoids, you, you can drop some slack in that. Some of these you can lift up, some of them will fall. So how, your guess, man, how old was this horse? Mid to later 20s. Okay, so he's done his job. He has. Now, now he's going to just live out the rest of his life being a, a, a grass eater, a machine, an right, eating machine. But, <laughs> but we don't want the horse to be uncomfortable, and we don't want this to just 
fall apart. It's one of the one of those deals where earlier on, could we have done more to help the horse out? And then you've got to look at a situation like this as far as trying to build some appliance and put it on the leg for what you put the horse through. Is it is it really worth it for what you will actually get? Which a lot of times is not much at this point. Yeah. All right, guys, stick around. When we come back, one more little segment, and we'll wrap up the show. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. Don't forget, if you have a question for Mike Stein, the way you do that is go to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page, it says contact us. Uh, fill out that little form there for podcasts. Ask them a question. Make sure you put a return physical address on there, and we'll send you out some stickers from the show. And if you'd like Mike Stein or myself to perform a clinic out at your location or the podcast to broadcast out at your location, you fill out that little at the top of the same page says clinics fill that out we'll pencil you in and and we'll schedule you out there and we can perform this podcast right at your location or mike can actually bring out dolly who is a small dolly dolly is your your horse there the big horse with the the skeleton of a horse skeleton of the horse yes and show you all the different anatomies of a horse as well and he brings it out to your location and if you got a like a elementary school or daycare or nursery school or something like that and kids are you know wanting to touch and and feel and and learn things about bones and and the way joints and stuff work it's a great idea to have mike come out there as well he's real kid friendly as well but if you want something interesting like over summer break or something you can get a hold of mike over there as well and over to my far inside is mike stein how are you i'm doing good travis how are you doing well you left me speechless it's i know i do that that sometimes and uh, don't forget you can also follow him over on facebook as well so mike what do we learn this week talking terminology the definition of articulation in the science of the anatomy to bend to flex the joint movement is ar- the joint movement is articulating, meaning rotating. Well, sometimes depending on the type of joint, it's your elbow does not rotate; it flexes. And also, how the straightness of a limb affects the hoof. An article written in the American Farriers Journal for this past month by Debbie Bennett. And what did you find out that Debbie Bennett found out? Yeah, the the alignment of the leg affects movement patterns. The impact affects the hoof. How the horse loads because of the alignment of the leg affects the hoof. And as a farrier, we've got to determine how to work around that, the odd pressures in the hoof, to best take care of the horse. And a, a horse that Mike had to go evaluate, a horse named David that had DS, DSLD. DSLD, not uh, DSL, which is back in the day as far as dial-up and stuff. So uh, tell us what DSLD is and what are we looking for in when it affects a horse? Well, the DSLD is... Uh, the degenerative suspensory ligament and over time it gets weaker and it collapses and it is part of your stay apparatus so it's kind of hard for a horse to keep his leg in the alignment that it should be in and you know on these hind legs it it really does affect them after a while when the whole you lose proper joint alignment because the pastern drops the hock straighten out the stifle straighten out and there you go you lose that athleticism of the horse all right, guys, on that note, we're going to let you get back to enjoying your ponies. I'll make sure you follow Mike Stein over at equinedynamics.com. You can follow him on Facebook as well. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube. You can see all the different videos and stuff. And also, we have a brand new section called Private Show. So if you're a subscriber, you'll get those links, and you can see all the, the cutting room floor stuff. And when I say it's it's a little bit more information, a little bit more in-depth on the conversation that wouldn't fit in the normal audio portion.
portion of the show. So make sure you subscribe over there as well. On behalf of Mike Stein over there. Have a good day. Have fun with your ponies. My name is Travis Singh. See you next week. All of the doggies are in the corral. All of your work is done. Just close your eyes and dream, little pal. Dream of someone. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.